Hi. Hi. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. So we're doing it, people. We are at the Work Human Conference. Jackie and I are here for the Inclusive AF podcast, and we have an awesome guest, Jackie. Jackie's not the awesome guest. I was about to I'm say, <laughs> I'm actually an not awesome guest. The guest. Yes. <laughs> but we do have an awesome guest with us. Thank you. It's Misha Ann's shoes. Oh. That's... <laughs> Oh, the really shoes are, are the guest star. Okay. The shoes okay. are the guests. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is the Inclusive AF Podcast. I'm Katie Van Horn. And I'm Jackie Clayton. Yeah, you are. Whoop. And we are in beautiful, overcast San Diego, California. No one can convince me it's sunny here ever because I've never <laughs> seen it sunny here. Um, and It's okay. See that. Yeah. And we have a guest. Misha Ann Martin is here with us, and Misha Ann is, I, I don't even know where to start, honestly. <laughs> so I, I would love for you to introduce yourself, share a little bit about yourself, and then we will get after it. Absolutely. Okay, so I am an industrial organizational psychologist with a focus on people analytics and a passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Damn. Yeah. So I like to say I am fanatically passionate about how people experience work. You change people's work lives. You change their live lives. And I am passionate about using data to create awareness of how different people are experiencing work, implement evidence-based solutions to make work better, and to hold ourselves really accountable for inclusive work if we say, and we do say, that that's what we want. So that's who I am professionally. Personally, the most important thing to know about me is I'm an immigrant. I was born and raised in Jamaica, and yeah, Jamaica is home for me. Okay, we have to come back to that piece because I want to know, uh, I just read a book called Black Cake. Uh-huh, yes, I read it. It's amazing. Have you made a black cake before? I... Or do you know anyone who knows how to make them that can make one for me? My mommy makes a black cake. If I bake for you, you should never eat it. Okay. <laughs> I am a cook, not a baker. Got it. You should eat my oxtail. You should not eat my black cake. Okay. Well, we're going to your mom's house right after this to <laughs> get a black cake. we'll be at your house for yeah. the Yeah, and then we'll come to your house for the oxtail. And maybe we should do the oxtail first because that's like the dinner and that's then right. the dessert. Progressive. But, it's yeah. a progressive dinner. Progressive. oxtail is better than mine. Just hey, now. Know. Okay. All right. We got big claims happening. <laughs> and you're only an hour and a half away. <laughs> I'm not shaming it either. Yeah, when, when, when Jackie shows up on your doorstep, don't be surprised. I said it with my chest. I meant <laughs> Well, I'm, you know what? I get really excited. I know in doing this work, it really is. I always say it's change management. Like It's, it's yeah. organizational design. Yes. There's all these different pieces. Yes. And one thing that I've been like really passionate about lately. I'm always like the future of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging is not Googleable, right? Mm, okay. And I'd love to hear more about what you're seeing because I love you picking up on the data, but a lot of times people don't know what data th to look at Ooh, and yeah. what it means. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And where to get it. Mm. I literally spoke last week and I said, show them the d diversity report. And I was like, and she goes, What's a diversity report? I was like, ooh, baby. Oh, oh Nelly. Okay. <laughs> yep. We'll chat. That's where we're starting from. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to give you a hot take, right? Yep. So here's what I think um, where diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging data is concerned. We've gotten real lazy. That's what I really think. I think we've gotten real lazy. So we've got all these people that have come out and say, oh, this is really important. 
And I feel like that the metrics that are typical are the easy things, things like representation. When really, if you really, really want to know what's happening in an organization where inclusion is concerned, you gotta get curious and you gotta get creative. So one of the things I'm most excited to see now, and Jackie, we talked about this, is research into the language that's being used to talk about different types of people in organizations. Like, are you describing my accomplishments differently? Are you using different language in my performance review that is resulting in differential outcomes for me in terms of Mm. my career potential in this company? We've got to get real, real curious and stop resorting to the data that we have that's easy. Start with the questions that we need to be asking and then figure out a way to answer those questions, even if we have to create new data or we have to use data that's imperfect. I... Love that you said that. And, and you know, kind of along that lines, you know what's never on those reports? Did you do a review for this person, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. how many times are people like, I didn't do one because I'm scared and I didn't want him to be mad and I only have one person from India on my team and he's not doing great, but I didn't want her to feel it. Like, we don't even look at the data of the people yeah. that are doing those things. We can only do what people, the work that our people are doing. We don't measure who's not doing the work before we get there, right? Yep. Who's yeah. not in the meetings? That's who's right. Who's not in the no? Like all of these are inclusion things that we don't often look at. You know, we've got data from Outlook, right? Like, can we look at that from an inclusion lens? Like Slack. Who's talking the most in meetings? Who's getting interrupted? These are not easy things to answer, but they're important questions to ask. It's Katie. Katie is talking the most <laughs> and getting interrupted the most because she talks the most. <laughs> That's actually that might not be inaccurate in any way, but uh, uh, it's. I, I'm thinking about this tool that we just looked at. I'm trying to remember uh, a couple weeks ago we had someone mm-hmm. on, and that's exactly what they were talking about: is having a measurement of meetings, who's talking in the meetings, who is on the Outlook invites that's for different right. things, and I mean, and we know. Even without data, we know some of the answers to these questions of, oh, well, they didn't bring in this group until later down the line of a project. And you're like, no, they need to be here at the beginning so they know what's going on. And, you know, anecdotally, we can just say, who's sitting in this room? Right. And we just were in a session with Eric Bailey, and he was saying, you know, uh, one of the comments he made was, you know why executives go to meetings? It's because they were invited. And, and I was thinking as he's saying that, yeah, and who wasn't invited? That's right. And that's also the piece that we just don't think about. And yeah. why are we inviting the executive versus the doer right, that's right. doing that work that we know is doing that work? So, But I also want to talk about the phrase we know. Because we know, mm-hmm. but we, the organization, sometimes doesn't know. Amen. And right. so it doesn't get addressed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get fixed. And that's where quantifying things with data can make that we know the universal we know. And that's what's so, so important in terms of getting that reality changed. Yes, and it's reminding me of the conversation yesterday uh, with Reshma, where it yes. was, I was sitting there in this room of you know 250 HR professionals thinking, God, I hope everyone in here is listening yes. and is going to do something about it. And, you know, and those are the things that I think we, that's why I love this conference so much because mm-hmm. it's folks talking about stuff that truly matters, not 
stuff that's fluffy or that's from 20 years ago that you know no one cares about anymore. Yeah. Like it's real information at Work Human that you're hearing about and understanding and yeah. going. God, I just hope everyone's listening. Yes, she was absolutely fantastic. I was really fascinated with what she was saying about you know women being conditioned for perfection and men being conditioned for innovation. Mm-hmm. Are we replicating those biases in our performance reviews? Right? Mm-hmm. Are we challenging things like executive presence and confidence? Like, can, can we just? Mm, okay. It made me well, think, though, too, just because of work human about recognition as well. Yeah. Like, that I might not in other organizations been seen as innovative. Like, I get praise for the work that I do, but not mm-hmm. because I came up with a solution to a problem. Yes. Right. Which, you know, you are what you recognize, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you want me to work harder. And it's interesting when you're talking about, like, we know, but we don't all know. Mm-hmm. It was literally, I know we, we were, we're, we're talking about COVID. It was literally during that time when everything was going down. And I was like, you didn't know that? Like, I, there were so many things that I was like, you didn't. You didn't know that. How did you not know that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did you not? Right. And I think there are a lot of things that people don't realize um, on make some grand assumptions Mm -hmm. um, without explaining those. And I think that's another important part. When you're going into the data, these are the assumptions I'm making coming into this. Uh Uh-huh. Right? So before I even go in, let me say, I'm I'm assuming everybody's in. We all want to make change. We're all able to work together. Is there anything wrong? Should I change the assumptions before we get started? You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men. And the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But let's also talk about we know, but we don't all know where it comes to talent management. Let's say I'm on a project team, right? And I did something super innovative and those people see it, but my manager, the That's person right. who's determining who, if I'm a high potential, never knows about this. I think recognition has such an important place in terms of making the accomplishments of different people visible. Mm-hmm. That social feed where you can see so-and-so did so-and-so, it has such huge implications for how we think about talent and organizations. Well, can I tell on myself? Yeah. So the other day, I got an alert reminder that I hadn't given um, recognition to a person in the last two months. And I thought, well, they better see this. Because it's not me. <laughs> like, well, then they're not doing a good job. Why y'all, Why are you reminding me? Did you remind him? <laughs> you know? And I was like, oh. Whoopsies. It's me. I'm, I'm the, the problem. problem. It's, it's me. me. <laughs> I was like, wow. You know? But I feel like what you're saying is so true of doing that. And it's so important. Like, it doesn't take a lot. I mean, I remember I did a study a long time ago saying thank you. You could increase um, like tenureship at this one organization for three yes. months. Yeah. Three months is a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just for saying thanks. Well, and that's something that I, I, 
have actually put into trainings when I'm training leaders on how to like actually facilitate a performance or de development discussion, yep. say thank you. Yes. Like even if you're gonna then follow it up with, here are some things that aren't going well. Yes. They still put in work, and and I think that's part of it too. Is just the acknowledgement of the work, the acknowledgement of some of the things that, hey, maybe as a leader I'm not seeing. Mm -hmm. Hey, I talked to your team members and here's what I heard. Whatever it might be, and I like, I yeah, I think there's just yeah. a miss there that people don't just say thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking a lot about invisibility right now. There are a lot of people giving their hearts and souls to organizations and feeling like, you know, their efforts, like not just their accomplishments, right, but their efforts are not acknowledged and invisible. And think about what that does to the soul of a person. Yes. Nobody sees this. I'm trying really hard. Nobody sees me. Yes. Saying thank you is very important. And not just for going above and beyond, but I like to say I'm a psychologist, right? Anytime you see a behavior that you want somebody to repeat, positively reinforce it by recognizing it. Yeah. It's basic human behavior. So not only do you get at the acknowledgement, right, and avoid invisibility, but now you're coaching somebody to be a better performer mm -hmm. through the power of positive reinforcement. Absolutely. And and I will call out that I think a lot of times when the, the, the folks that are working very hard and delivering on things, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times it's the folks that are underrepresented, that are yes. historically marginalized, etc. And, you know, there's a lot of folks that can fall into that demographic and they just get stuff done and yeah. no one even knows it's getting done. And it's, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, you know, there, we talked about housework in a couple of the sessions that, mm -hmm. you know, the caregiving and some of these things. When is the last time you went home to your partner and said thank you for whatever they have contributed right. to the household or right. whatever? And, you know, I think it carries into all facets of your life, positive reinforcement. How are you thanking them and acknowledging that unseen work yeah. and that stuff that just magically gets done that somehow fairies. Why is everybody calling me out at this conference? <laughs> Listen <laughs> to me. Yeah, fairies coming Why is everybody calling me out? Yeah. We're inviting you to be your best self. Yeah. I'm going to call Todd right now and, and make sure that you have acknowledged his... his you know what? You have a roommate <laughs> real quick. <laughs> I don't know who. I don't know which one. <laughs> but somebody yeah. will be moving in. I was going to say, you could move in. I was like, wait, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> you love coming to Arizona, so I think that would be perfect. Um, so what are you working on now? What is, like, what's coming up for you? I know. Oh, my gosh. I'm okay. excited. So, you know, speak of, speaking about making the invisible visible, the thing that I'm working on right now uh, that I'm most excited about is the Black Men in Tech Partnership and Research. So we look at recognition data with an inclusion lens, and we started to realize that black men and black women were having very different experiences in organizations. And so we partnered with Black Men in Tech to laser focus on what it's like to be a black man in organizations. Mm. And we found out some really important things in terms of, wow, organizations kind of need to know these things, need to know the things that are different in terms of priorities for us, how we think about our finances, the things that are happening to people, and then what are some of the things that you can do to make it better? So I'm really excited about the prospect of 
taking that persona and really shining a lens on it. We're doing a lot more of this of late. We just published our Evolution of Work report where we're looking at other personas. So we're looking at, you know, caregivers. We're looking at what do people want out of work based on their life stages because I'm so tired of people talking about generations. I'm like, are we stereotyping though? Okay. So I had this <laughs> hypothesis that, you know, life stages may be related to what you want out of work. Right. And so, you know, we started looking at that. So all of that I'm really excited about because, you know, sometimes these individuals get lost in the sauce and organizations and we're not spending the time to understand what they need and what their experiences are. The first thing that you just said, I just want to go back to and, and have you repeat. The the experiences of black men in the workplace yes. is not the same that's right. as everyone else. That's right. And I think that's something that so many people go, oh, well, this was my experience, so yeah. that must be what everyone else's experience yeah. is. Yeah. And to be able to like look at that data with that you know kind of laser point to say, what are we doing? How yeah. is this working out for different groups? And I love the life stages as well because I, I, I will tell you I'm not the, I'm not the norm in a lot of ways. So you know I don't have kids. I'm not married, and so same. Yeah, I. But if you think about, and we know this, or I'm gonna I'm gonna say I know this to be true. I have a different stage in my life that I'm at than siblings, than friends, than right. some of these other folks, and but I also know that I'm the favorite aunt because when I die. <laughs> my niece and nephews are gonna do very well in the Same. whole situation, so it works out. But um, I think the life stages piece is just so critical yeah. versus, oh, they're over 40, so all they care about is their retirement, their That's 401k, right. their pension, whatever it might be. No. That's right. And do you think about money differently if you're an immigrant? That's right. Or if you're a member of a marginalized population and you have to reach back, right? Like, there are all these things to consider as we're thinking about things like an inclusive wellness strategy, right? An inclusive experience strategy. So I'm really excited to be delving deeper into these personas that, again, you know, sometimes get lost in the sauce. Well, and also, I think what's, what isn't talked about enough is this... There's trauma, there is work trauma from your first job going, moving forward, that's going into all of these organizations and all these things. There is generational trauma. There's historic family trauma just from being there because of what's going on within your family. And then they teach us to hate us. And then you have to pull yourself out of that. And we don't talk about how I'm coming in. Yes. And so it is difficult because that's why you know, we have this great inclusive workspace. Mm -hmm. And then everyone who comes, you know, black, brown, or other is like, is this real? And they're yeah, like, you're treating me like feeling. everybody else, <laughs> and this feels weird. Yep. Like, do you have more questions? No. Is it because I'm getting fired? Wait, no, it's because I did a good job. <laughs> I've never had that happen before. I don't have to justify this. Is it because I'm getting fired? I mean, yeah. and I don't think people realize like people are like, well, we want to be inclusive, bring yourself. And then it's like, okay, but I'm scared. Yep. Yeah, that is such a good point. So when I started at Work Human, it was after um, the George Floyd, Floyd murder. And I was, you know, not okay. There's so many times as black people in America where we're not okay. Like right. last Work Human Live after Buffalo, I was not okay. I was not okay. I was not. Work Human all. saved my life that time. Yeah. 
Yeah. I wasn't going to come. She wasn't going to yeah. come. Yeah. yeah. I, okay, so I, I, I don't know that I've, I don't think I've said this in a forum like this before, but I'm going to say it now. I was supposed to be on main stage, and I was, I think on a Wednesday or a Thursday. And I came in town on a Sunday night. And Sunday night, I remember checking into my hotel, and I was under the covers, in bed. It was light out, lights out. It was light outside, and I was sobbing. I was sobbing. And I texted my leader, and I said, I don't know if I can do this. Yes. I don't know if I can fulfill my obligations this week. And so I just came into Work Human Live last year with an attitude of, we're not going to pretend this is not happening. Mm -hmm. And so it was the best combination of acknowledging that, but also bringing Black Joy on stage. That was the celebration where it was like, because like you said, like I wasn't going to come. And why? And this is what other people didn't realize. It's like, well, that was in Rochester. It was a couple of days. No, people hate me because of the way I look. Right. And somebody could try to kill me. Yes. And we're going to go to Atlanta, where they have, a, you know, a high population of like, so somebody could just roll up. Yes. And I don't, I, you know, and I was in such a, and Katie was so funny. Katie at one point was like, nope, Jackie's sitting right there. Jackie needs to hear this. Nope, everybody get out of Jackie's feet. There was no assigned seats, but there was yeah. one. For, because it knew I needed these messages. Yes. And I don't think, that's something we talked about before, though, at Work Human, about bringing those things that are relevant. Yes. Because we can we can have the degrees, we can have the paper, we can have the experience. But if, unless you've had those experiences, you don't know why there is that cross trauma. No, it didn't happen directly to me or a family member, but it, it's me. It is me, yeah. So so back to, you know, when I first joined Work Human after the George Floyd murder, I was in one of those spaces, right? And I wanted to write an article on how to come up with a diversity strategy that was sustainable because I felt like people were going to do this performative stuff and it was gonna fall by the wayside. And I wanted to write this article. And Work Human said, go for it, you know, like, we will send it to media for you. This is great. And I wrote a first draft. Here was a new employee. And Work Human said, yeah, I mean, the steps are great. It's great advice. But there's no you in it. And I was mm. like, oh. <laughs> so you want me to bring me and you're really serious, huh? That was scary. Mm-hmm. It, I, You know, I write. I like to write. I got words, as you can probably tell. <laughs> it took me weeks to rewrite that article because I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was scared to show up as my true self and to share my authentic feelings. But when I did, I came in screaming hot. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you want me, huh? You mm-hmm. ready? Because this is coming right now. And they loved it. And I was like, oh, they mean it, though. But you're right. We come to these spaces... And we come with so much trauma that we don't immediately know that it's safe to be ourselves. That's right. Because we're not free, you know? We're not yeah. free. Yeah. And these are the things that we're trying to do. I love that you did that. And I'm proud of you. Thank and you. I love you. And I'm proud of you for coming and showing up. Because that was a really scary experience. Don't make me and cry then write and do that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jackie does all the time. Don't worry. It's fine. You can totally yeah. cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I cry all the time. All the time. But I, I, I mean that, and it's just so important. And so I'm proud to know you and know that you're doing that work. It is so necessary. And thank you for making that sacrifice, because it's hard. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. 
welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. It is hard. You know, after the George Floyd murder, I decided to approach my work in a different way. So before that, I was very clinical. I didn't want to be part of the story. I was Mm. afraid, right? And now I come in real hot. I'm like, I've seen a few things. I've got some advice for how to make this better. And I'm dedicated to using my voice as part of the solution. But it is hard. Mm-hmm. And it is scary, mm-hmm. especially when you see people who use their voice in this way in physical danger. That's right. So Dwayne Richards, who was on our panel last year, got death threats, you know. And so there's just there's just so many layers of, of hard to this. That's right. That's right. And and it is, it is tough, but we can do it together. Yes. And share and the more we can share those authentic stories um, then. Like those are the things we need to normalize is a real experience and listening and learning, knowing that there's learning in those opportunities and being vulnerable. It's hard. It's, it it's scary. Hard. Yeah. Um, but we're, it, you know, I'm making space. We're making space. That's Thank what I keep reminding that. myself. We're making space. We will not quit and Mm-mm. we will not be silent and we're Mm-mm. surely not going away. No, I remember I said, I told my boss, I said, Black History Month. And she's like, oh, what are we doing? I was like, we're watching I Am Not Your Negro. She said, okay. I said, have you seen it? Have you heard of James Baldwin? She goes, she goes, I hired you. I trust you. Did you say we have to watch this? Okay, we're watching it. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah. I said, okay. Um, let's talk about your panel last year for just one second before sure. we, we shut this down. You had, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, like you had... Dr. Bernice King. Yes, stop Sitting it. beside you. Yes. I, I like we just. I Jackie and I were sitting next Bernie to each other. Myers. Yes. As oh well. my gosh. Richard, yes. Right. Yes. Hitters. Yeah. Yeah. Like that panel was ridiculous, in the best way possible. And again, this is what we need to be talking about okay. right now with HR folks that can actually go back to their companies and make changes that will impact. All the data, all the things that you're working on, all the things that matter in the workplace to say, how do we look at this differently? And again, back to everyone's experience is not the same. Yes. Everyone, you know, everyone in there that was a person of color last year was in a state of trauma. Yes. And I I would hazard a guess that this year it's a very similar situation because it's not like anything has changed. Right. Yes. We still, I mean, you know, you ring a doorbell. I know. Yeah. And so driving, making you turn in the wrong yard. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, I think it's the continued trauma that you're bringing to work, the continued trauma that you're dealing with. There's never a moment of like, I can breathe. Yes. I can take, I can just be myself. So the fact that you're in a space where you can share and trust that you are safe in sharing who yes. you are. Like that's amazing. Yes. Thank you. And for people to be able to do that in the workplace, like, how has that completely shifted who you are as a human? Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you. So I've been doing research on this for decades. Mm-hmm. And so intellectually, I know the impact of what happens when you can bring your authentic self to work, when you're doing meaningful work, but when you're living in it, 
and walking in it. When I tell you I am fired up in a different way yeah. for everybody to live life like this. Right. People say, okay, so you're recording eight podcasts at Work Human Live. You are presenting twice. You're going to another conference right after this on the other coast, and you're presenting four times. Aren't you tired? I say this is soul work. That's right. Okay? Yes. I can sleep when I'm dead. That's this right. This is soul work. There is something different. That's right. I, 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 I've been talking about it. The doctor was like, oh, you have less stress. I said, I just bought a house. My kids move. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. You don't realize putting these things, it's so important, the message, because you're changing the life and future generations of That's not right. passing on that trauma. That's right. And I did a podcast a while back with a man called Dr. Dan Tamasulo, and he specializes in happiness. And one of the things he talks about is agency. So when all these things are happening around us that we can't control, like Buffalo, you know, like the 16-year-old who's fighting for his life because he rang the wrong doorbell, one of the things that helps us cope is when we're doing things that make a difference. That's, That's right. how I cope. So I am blessed and honored to be doing this work. Well, thank you for making a difference. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for letting me talk about yes. this. No, uh, thank you very much for taking the time. And I, the authenticity that you bring, we appreciate just the, the ability to share and sharing. And, you know, Jackie and I have known each other for years now. And even being able to be in her emotions at work and being able to... It, good and bad, share those things with her boss. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, being in your hotel room, not not able to cope and having to just say, I need a minute. Yes. Like, those are things that are just so important. And, and the fact that you're in spaces that you can do that is huge. Yes. Okay. We have to shut it down. <laughs> it's hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think we could sit here for about six more hours, but then yep. we would miss Ooh. the rest of the speakers. That's and right. then... Uh, We'd get in trouble by Jenna also. <laughs> Big. Um, Big. So, you know, the important things we need to, we need to keep on Jenna's good side. So we're going to have to shut it down. Um, thank you for thank coming you. on. And uh, we will be reaching out to schedule the next episode that we will be recording with you because I want to dig in deeper on this research. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is Katie Van Horn. <laughs> and this is Jackie Clayton. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you, and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.